0: Hello (laughs) horror Horror fanatics! fanatics. I'm Frank
1: and I'm Jen and we welcome you to our weekly podcast, The
0: The horror. Horror! Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy.
1: If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe or follow to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. You can
0: also submit any ideas, Comments and suggestions to our email address at Oth at seriouslydecent.com. You can check our website out at OTHorrorPodcast.com. Cat uh, catch up on season one, season two.
1: Uh, duh.
0: yeah. Get a get a leg on uh, season three. Twa. If you're new, welcome aboard. We're uh,
1: Buckle up, folks, keep your uh hands inside the vehicle at all times. Yeah. Because yeah. shit's going to get crazy.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Things got crazy today at the birthday party.
1: I mean, it's they kids. usually do. It's kids everywhere. Yeah.
0: The way he tore into that cake was just just full pride.
1: Hands off.
0: Hands off. Face Let in. me just
1: get my face in Let this. Let me get
0: my face in this and just go to work.
1: <laughs> the best was turning to my brother and being like, do you want to know what your first birthday was like? That. That right there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know how you were as a kid? Yeah. That right
0: there. He's a happy kid, boy. He
1: sure is.
0: He's super happy. He is. So, Liam, when you're listening to this much, much later, we just went to your first birthday party. And it was and great. And it
1: was everything I hoped it would be and more. You
0: didn't let us down You delivered
1: day. on every single level. He really did. He really, truly did. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah.
0: And I have to say, he was super well behaved.
1: Yeah. Yep. He was.
0: Extraordinary. I just wish he was unhappy once. <laughs>
1: yeah. Have we even seen him unhappy? No. I think Mom has, but... <laughs> yeah. Mom and Grammy probably have, Mom, but... Mom, Grammy, uh, and
0: Dad have probably
1: seen him. The rest of there. us.
0: Yeah, the rest of us just get that other side. Yep. You know.
1: That's good. Yeah.
0: So here we are. Once again. Here we are. Back at the beginning.
1: Yeah. I figured it's going to be a Cinco de Mayo coming up. Yeah. Let's do a nice little uh, Latin folktale, if you will. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Episode 123,
1: season three. Yeah. La Llorona.
0: La Llorona. Dun, dun, dun,
1: Weeping woman.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, what do you got for sources here?
1: Just one uh, blogs uh, from the Library of Congress. Yeah. Dot gov. Folk life, and it's La Yorona: An Introduction to the Weeping Woman.
0: They had a ton of stuff on here. Yeah. Yeah. I was amazed. They had. Yeah. uh It's like this uh, multi-part series. Yeah. There was the introduction to the Weeping Woman, mm-hmm. Roots, Branches, and the Missing Link from Spain. Yeah, Picanto Pero Sabroso, Songs of La Llorona. Hmm. Grow up, growing up with La Llorona.
1: Well, it is La Ya Llorona. Yeah,
0: I know. I'm being difficult today. Okay.
1: No. Fair enough.
0: Uh, folk Life, uh, today podcast and storytelling for Halloween. Uh,
1: Dia de muertos yes dia yeah. de los muertos yeah. um they so. they did they actually did a series on yeah. la llorona 4. it's all
0: weaved in man it
1: is man, it is, man. it's you, all like connected and shit you can't have
0: one without the other man no, it's man. just impossible it's man
1: it's yeah yeah
0: it's crazy man keep your kids home that's, just the,
1: keep them home. that's the lesson.
0: Keep, keep your kids Keep Keep them home. Keep an eye on them, man. The end. Because she's coming. <laughs> the weeping woman's coming, man. Yes. And have a wonderful day, a wonderful week, and make good choices. No. <laughs> that was a record. Five minutes. Yeah.
1: We did great. Yeah.
0: Everybody be like, seriously?
1: Seriously? You guys oh. are done? Wow. What the All hell? Right. You told us nothing, oh. just that she's the weeping yeah. woman. Big fucking deal. He
0: pronounced her name all wrong. Hello.
1: I think I'm going to listen. I'm going to take offense to that. I'm going to listen
0: to my other podcasts.
1: So let's get into this. Happy Monday. (laughs) So I listen to a podcast and it drops also on Mondays. Yeah. And the comedian when he He hosts the podcast, and he Mm. goes, happy Monday, Meat Sacks, because we're just Meat Sacks. Yeah. Shout out to you, Dan, Mm.
0: even
1: though you'll never hear this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'd say that's a solid yes. That's...
1: Let's just talk shit about we, all the podcasts. We won't, because we know they won't hear it.
0: It's funny because we got great stats. <laughs> we got great stuff, but there's that rung that just you know,
1: yeah.
0: we could talk shit about everyone and no one will know.
1: No one will care. Knows. We've
0: been talking shit about Scientology <laughs> for the past year.
1: I know. I love it. You know. And they're like, who? Who? What? Oh, the who? Whatever.
0: Jeez. No, I think they're in bad shape. Scientology.
1: <laughs> you think?
0: Yeah, I think they're in real bad shape. There was a point where no one could say their name yeah. in vain. Yeah. Like and you now, couldn't even say s- Yeah. And without now them. everybody yeah. is just talking loose shit about them.
1: Cast in shade.
0: It's <laughs> just huge shade yeah. all over. And I got to say There's
1: I I'm I'm here for it. There's
0: no public statements, no nothing. No. No, but I think if you know you're a certain, I used to say like, oh, if you're a certain tier, yeah, they'll go after you. But I mean, we're not, we're not the elite, but we're not like bottom of the barrel podcast. No, either.
1: we're
0: not. You know, which is interesting. <laughs> you know, so I'm yeah. going to talk more shit about yeah, right? Scientology. You know, and maybe Don't everyone do else it's
1: bad. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you know, pronounce names.
1: Save, save yourself a fuck ton of money and just don't
0: pronounce titles of podcasts wrong Yeah, i'm gonna do it
1: yeah do it live your best
0: life you can't do anything about it as i sip my cherry tea yeah yeah
1: all right so here we are all right let's do this yeah
0: (coughs) who the heck is a rona
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be a fun episode
0: yeah i had a lot of sugar today
1: so in latin america the Spanish-speaking communities in the U.S., and especially in Mexico, no, no ghost story is told as often or discussed as enthusiastically or interpreted as widely as the legend of La Llorona. La Llorona literally means the weeping woman. So it's not surprising that the main characteristic shared by all stories of La Llorona is that she weeps. Other than that one defining trait, the specter known as La Llorona varies widely. Many stories are told of what she looks like, what she does, and even more are told of how she came to be such a doleful spirit. And there are several variations of the theme with La Llorona. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, There is a diverse array of La Llorona stories and they can be found in news accounts and across the internet. You can also find many collected in the book, The Weeping Woman Encounters with La Llorona by Edward Garcia Kral and Judith Beatty. Looking through such stories, you'll find many variations. Sometimes La Llorona sees you from afar and pursues you, terrifying you as you flee toward your home. Sometimes she appears riding a horse. Sometimes she appears in your horse-drawn wagon or in your car warning you against bad behavior before disappearing, just like that other famous spirit, the vanishing hitchhiker. In some stories, an encounter with her is fatal.
0: I was relieved for a second because you were like, sometimes she appears in your horse-drawn wagon, and I'm like, phew, I don't do that. I'm
1: glad I don't have a horse-drawn wagon. I
0: am clear. Yeah. And then you had to ruin uh, it and say, ah, also in, in your, your in your car. Like, shit.
1: To be fair.
0: <laughs> to be fair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have a minivan and we got a toaster. Yeah. So we might be okay. That's true. Like, there's no references yeah. to her popping in your van.
0: Well, and here's the thing. Those are Dean's cars. Yeah. We just drive them. Yeah. Um so because he him, doesn't
1: have thumbs
0: with him in the car. Yeah. I think we got a fighting chance. I think so. I don't think she's going to mess with us because no. I mean, it's, it's Dean Winchester.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: I mean, like dog and name. Yeah. You know, he's got the name Dean Winchester.
1: He is a formidable force.
0: It's the family business. <laughs> the family
1: business. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You need to post in the group I do. the picture from when he was a puppy. Oh,
0: my God. Yes. Yeah. So I gotta we got to take a pause here for yes, a moment. Yes, we do. So when we lived over, before we moved here in central New York, we le- lived yeah. more eastern, just yes. north of the capital region.
1: Saratoga County.
0: Yeah, Saratoga County. We were not too far from Moreau State Park. Mm-hmm. And when he was a puppy, and I was on my sabbatical from work, yeah, I would take him from walks there. We'd walk all over the place, yep. all over trails, woods, mm-hmm. yeah. And I'd have him on a lead, or I'd take him off and let him run a bit around, yeah. Have him meet all these campers. It was yep. socialization, and also just getting used to weird sounds, yeah, which was adorable because like he'd be walking, sniffing, and then he'd hear, he'd hear a little scurry, and you're like, "What's what? that? What is that? What is that? Oh my god, this place is alive!" <laughs> you know, and he'd just go crazy. Yeah. So he's pulling and pulling and pulling. I'm just pulling, letting him run yeah. around. And then I let him go. We're on the, like the beach yeah. or like the water p- yeah. side or the shore, the, shore the of the lake. Of
1: the, of the but it was lake. on the
0: other side of the beach where people hang out though. Yeah. And come walking up and here is a pentagram. He found a pentagram yeah. drawn on the beach. Yeah. And I'm like, in
1: the sand. what
0: the heck is this?
1: The family business. It's the
0: family business. We could have named him a better name. I remember I took a picture of it and I texted it. I think to your family. You did. You put it on the
1: family. I remember your brother was
0: like, (laughs) "WTF." Yeah, I still have that photo. I'll put it on the group. Yeah, (laughs) it it is. It's a family business.
1: Yeah, hunting monsters, saving people. It's a family business.
0: Hunting monsters, saving people, eating biscuits. You
1: know, it's it's a hard knock life for (laughs) Dean. Yeah. 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 All right. So. Yeah. Back to La Llorona. No kidding. She's often closely associated with children. In some stories, she is said to wail for her own lost or dead children. In many of these stories, she killed her own children when she was alive and is doomed for her actions to be a wandering ghost. In others, she appears mainly to women who have children, while in still others, she kidnaps children who are never seen again. That being said, the movie La Llorona Mm -hmm. followed the path where she would kidnap the children. The children were a replacement for her children that she had killed. Yeah. Of course, we do have some versions of the story tucked away in dark corners of collections at the American Folklife Center and elsewhere in the Library of Congress. One great source is Bess Lomax Hawes' classic paper La Llorona in Juvenile Hall. Which is an account and interpretation of stories about La Llorona circulating in a juvenile detention center in California in the 1960s. AFC has available online the published paper and the best Lomax Hawes collection at this link. So I'll try and pull that link up for you guys and share it, as well mm. as an early draft of the paper in the Alan Lomax collection. So we can check that as well. Sure. Haas' paper provides a variety of views on La Llorona, including the young women's stories, her review of other scholars' work, and her own interpretations. In the essay, Hawes described the many faces, literal and figurative, worn by La Llorona. La Llorona typically appears as a malevolent spirit, either a harbinger or a direct cause of misfortune to the living. Sometimes she takes the form of a dangerous siren, Tempting a solitary male late at night by confronting him as a pitiful, woebegone figure hidden under a uh, reboso. When offered assistance, she turns on the solicitous gentleman, the face of a skeleton, or a wild metallic horse's head, or here's the best one no face at all. Oh. Sometimes she is observed simply roaming about at a distance, or most typically she's heard weeping and shrieking through the night. A chance meeting with her is dangerous. Haas also provided verbatim transcripts from children in juvenile detention. Here's a typical example. La Llorona has long hair and walks around crying. I heard from the counselors at Juvi that she had two kids that she drowned because they were bad. She drowned them in Tijuana. And she attacks bad kids in juvie. They say it is true. Another adds more gruesome details. It is a woman who wasn't quite all there who killed her three girls, 13 to 17 years old. She didn't want them because something had happened to her husband and they reminded her of him. So she drowned them. Their bones are buried in her back. She doesn't know they are dead. She wears a long black cape with a peaked hood and goes around institutions and foster homes looking for her kids. If she sees a girl who looks like one of her daughters, she tries to cut out that feature. She comes around three days after it rains. Stories, like the ones from Haw's collection, are not full narratives, but more like descriptions detailing what La Llorona generally does and what she looks like, with brief narrative passages about her origin. One more text of this sort seems worth including since it contains many descriptions of the ghost's activities, since it has been very influential, and since it is available online from the Library of Congress. It was published by Thomas Alabon Hanver in 1906 in Harper's Magazine and was reprinted in many newspapers, including the Washington DC Evening Star on November 29th, 1906. As is generally known, Many bad things are met with by night in the streets of the city, but this wailing woman, La Llorona, is the very worst of them all. She is worse by far than the Baca de lumbre that at midnight come forth from the potrero of San San Pablo and goes galloping through the streets like a blazing whirlwind. Breathing forth from her nostrils smoke and sparks and flames, because the fiery cow, señor, while a dangerous animal to look at, really does no harm whatever, and La Llorona is as harmful as she can be. Seeing her walking quietly along the quiet street at the times when she is not running and shrieking for her lost children, she seems a respectable person, only odd-looking because of her white petticoat and her white reboso, with which her head is covered. And anybody might speak to her, but whoever does speak to her in that very same moment dies. The beginning of her was so long ago that no one knows when was the beginning of her, nor does anyone know anything about her at all. But it is known certainly that at the beginning of her, when she was a living woman, she committed bad sins. As soon as ever a child was born to her, she would throw it into one of the canals which surround the city, and so would drown it. And she had a great many children, and this practice, in regard to them, she continued for a long time. At last, her conscience began to prick her about what she did about and with her children. Yeah. But whether it was that the priest spoke to her, or that some of the saints cautioned her in, in the matter, no one knows. But it is certain that because of her sinnings, she began to go through the streets in the darkness, weeping and wailing, And presently, it was said that from night till morning, there was a wailing woman in the streets. And to see her being in terror of her, many people went forth at midnight, but none did see her because she could be seen only when the street was deserted and she was alone. Sometimes she would come to a sleeping watchman and would waken him by asking, what time is it? And he would see a woman clad in white standing beside him with her reboso drawn over her face. And he would answer, It is twelve hours of the night. And she would say, At twelve hours of this day I must be in Guadalajara. Or it may, it may be in San Luis Potosi. Or in some other far distant city. And so speaking, she would shriek bitterly, Where shall I find my children? And would vanish instantly and utterly away. And the watchman would feel as though all his senses had gone from him and would become as a dead man. This happened many times to many watchmen who made report of it to their officers, but their officers would not believe what they told. But it happened on a night that an officer of the watch was passing by the lonely street beside the church of Santa Anita, and there he met with a woman wearing a white reboso and a white petticoat, and to her he began to make love. He urged her, saying, "'Throw off your rebosos, that I may see your pretty face.' And and suddenly she uncovered her face, and what he beheld was a bare grinning skull set fast to the bare bones of a skeleton. And while he looked at her, being in horror, there came from her fleshless jaws an icy breath, and the iciness of it froze the very heart's blood in him, and he fell to the earth heavily in a deathly swoon. When his senses came back to him, he was greatly troubled. In fear, he returned to the deputation and there told what had befallen him. And in a little while, his life forsook him, and he died. What is most wonderful about the Wailing Woman, Señor, is that she is seen in the same moment by different people in places widely apart One seeing her hurrying across the atrium of the cathedral, another beside the Arcos de San Cosme, and another near the Salto de Agua, over by the prison of Belén. More than that, In one single night, she will be seen in Monterey, and Oaxaca, and in Acapulco, the whole width and length of the land apart. And whoever speaks with her in those far cities, as here in Mexico, immediately dies in fright. Also, she is seen at times in the country. Once some travelers coming along a lonely road met with her and asked, where are you going on this lonely road? And for answer, she cried, where shall I find my children? And shrieking disappeared. And one of the travelers went mad. Being come here to the city, they told what they had seen, and were told that this same wailing woman had men or killed many people here also. Because the wailing woman is so generally known, senor, and so greatly feared, few people now stop her when they meet to speak with her. Therefore, few now die of her, and that is fortunate. But her loud, keen wailings and the sound of her running feet are heard often, and especially in nights of storm. I myself, senor, have heard the running of her feet and her wailings, but I have never, I never have seen her. God forbid that I ever, that I ever shall. So, the story I'm most familiar with, with La Llorona, Mm -hmm. is that she was an extremely beautiful woman. She was married. And she had two children. And her husband died. Quite tragically. So she was on the hunt to find another husband. To help provide for her and her two children. And she came across a very wealthy, handsome man. And he was all too happy to marry her. However, he didn't want her children. So for fear of losing someone who could help provide for her yeah she drowned her children in the river behind her home and told the suitor that hey i don't have any kids now let's get married and he was like yeah oops i'm gonna i'm gonna go with this other chick over here and that's when she realized what she had done And that's when she started the wailing because she realized she had killed her children for essentially nothing. And then she became a vengeful spirit. Mm. She was vengeful to not only men, but also she would take children because she was trying to fill the void left by her two children that she had killed. And they were never seen again. So that's the story I'm most familiar with. And that seems to be the way they approached the story in the movie La Llorona, which I happened to see. I did see that movie. Was it good? I mean, it was fine. It was a good movie. It, it was a good de- It was a good depiction of the story of La Llorona. Like, they didn't... It, it was very much followed the story about, you know, she was with the guy, she kills her kids, and then she goes back for the guy, and the guy's gone, and she can't find him anywhere, and then she ends up back at the river, she sees her kids, and I believe she also kills herself in that version, and that's when she becomes the weeping woman, and she is, like, she does... You do hear her cry. She does appear with a cry, but she also appears with, um. you don't really see her. You just see wet footprints. And that's supposed to be the embodiment of her coming out of the water. And then she would take children. And that was essentially the story. Yeah, and so- if she did take the kids, they either died or they were just gone to this other realm and they just never, they would never come back.
0: So it seems like that classic story of, like, telling your kids to behave.
1: I mean, essentially. But, I mean, in that one version, like, there was nothing those kids could have done. You know? It's just, they were just impediments, essentially, Mm -hmm. to her. And then, she realized, oh, shit, guess what I just did? Oopsie. <laughs> I'm in a weird spot. Yeah, yeah. Like, she went back to the river, she pulled her kids out of the water, and that's when she starts weeping. And then when she realizes that they truly are dead and they they are not coming back to life, she, uh, she takes her own life.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm I'm quickly trying to corner Chat GPT. And, okay, uh, I should have done a lot of this before, but so so I start I you know you always got to start low with Chat GPT
1: and mm-hmm. then work your
0: way up. So I was yeah. like, should I be afraid of La Llorona? Right. She's like the famous legendary figure in Latin American folklore who is said to be the ghost of a woman who drowned her children and now wanders around crying and searching for them. While La Llorona is a popular figure in stories of myths, there's no need to be afraid of her in a literal sense because she is not a real person. It's a bold statement, chat, GPT. However, the story of La Llorona can be a cautionary tale about the consequences of one's actions, particularly when it comes to the harm that can come to children. It can also be a reminder of the importance of being responsible and accountable for one's actions. If you find the legend of La Llorona. Interesting. It can be a great opportunity to learn more about the cultural beliefs and traditions of Latin American countries, but there is no reason to be afraid of her as she is just a mythical figure. So then I go, what would you do if La Llorona was after you? As an AI language model, this is the dance you got to do with them. You know, I do not have emotions or physical form. So La Llorona cannot be after me. However, If you were asking for advice on what to do, if you were in a situation (laughs) where you felt afraid or threatened by something, here are some general tips. Okay. Number one, stay calm. It's natural to feel scared or anxious in a threatening situation, but it's important to stay calm as possible to make rational decisions. Two, seek a safe place. If you feel threatened, try to get to a safe place as quickly as possible. This could be inside a building or a well-lit area with people around. Number three, contact authorities. If you feel that you are in immediate danger, call the police or emergency services for assistance. Number four, use self-defense techniques. If you are physically attacked, it's important to know basic self-defense techniques that can help, that can help you mean, protect yourself. I mean, it's not yourself. wrong. Yeah. You know.
1: Except when you're fighting a ghost.
0: With no face. Yeah. It's a little hard. Yeah. How do you punch somebody that doesn't have a face?
1: It's just going to go right through. It's just
0: going to go right through. Number five, seek support. Experiencing a scary situation can be traumatic and it's important to seek support from friends, family, or a professional counselor if needed. Okay. It's important to note that the story of La Llorona is just a legend. Again, the disclaimer just a legend, just and a not man. a real person. Yeah. So there's no need to be afraid of her in the literal sense. I love the disclaimers that chat GPT has. Yeah. All of a sudden it's its own attorney. Yeah. You know, who taught it that? So then I go, what should I do if La Llorona took my children? It's important to remember that La Llorona is a fictional character <laughs> in traditional Mexican folklore and not a real person. This is what I love. I love getting this thing upset. Because it's not in it's not in an exclamation point or a cat or yeah you know yeah, uh, that but, but it yeah. is however if you're experiencing the real life trauma of a missing child it's important to take immediate action to ensure their safety here are some steps you can take contact the authorities alert your community search for your child seek professional help i love that contact your authorities alert your community oh wait that's right search for your child that's the third one and then seek professional help because, you know, the counseling part's big because yeah. everybody's got to have a fucking counselor nowadays. What advice? So, this is my last question. Yeah. What advice would you give me if I was La Yorona?
1: Okay. As a
0: fictional character in traditional Mexican folklore, La Llorona is not a real person and therefore cannot receive advice. However, if we consider the legend of La Llorona as a cautionary tale about the consequences of one's actions, then we can offer some general advice based on that message. Number one, take responsibility for your actions. La Llorona's story revolves around a woman who drowned her children and then regretted her actions, wandering and crying in search of them. It's important to recognize the impact of our decisions or actions on others and take responsibility for them, even if it is difficult. Not bad. No. So if you see La Yorona, that's the first thing you do. You tell first her to take all, responsibility for yeah. her actions. Number two, seek forgiveness. If you have done something that has hurt others, seek forgiveness from those you have harmed. This can involve acknowledging your mistakes, apologizing, and taking steps to make amends. Number three, you know what La La Llorona should do Hmm. for the third step? Learn from your mistakes. Use your experience to learn from your mistakes and make changes that prevent similar situations from happening in the future. And then lastly, La Llorona, show compassion. Treat others with compassion and empathy, especially those who may be vulnerable or in need of support. And then again... The legalese. While La Llorona is a mythical figure, her story can offer important lessons about the consequences of our actions and the importance of taking responsibility for them. I could do this all night with this thing and just get this thing confused and pissed off. Yeah. And this is what people don't realize is it's easy to confuse this thing. Yeah. You know, it's good for the one answer, the two answers. Get a nice dialogue going, build rapport, and then watch how creepy... It gets. Number one, you're talking to a machine. Correct. That's the first creepy part. But I'm waiting for the day when somebody's like, this is my boyfriend now or my girlfriend. Like.
1: I don't think it's that far off.
0: I named it Teddy. Yeah. Teddy's nice to me. Teddy never. Teddy gives me great advice. (laughs) Teddy taught me how to change a tire on the side (laughs) of the road. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: don't know. So, yeah, in 1910, Harper Brothers reprinted Hanver's series as the book legends of the city of Mexico, where he included notes and references. From these, we know that the story above was related to him by a friend, Gilbert Torcano, a native and resident of Mexico City who was an amateur antiquarian and shared Hanver's interest in Mexican history and folklore. In addition to these stories like these, which combined a description of what La Llorona typically does with hints to her possible origins, longer and more detailed stories about La Llorona's life, death, and return as a ghost are also common. Such stories circulate in oral tradition and are also often included in children's books and short novels, including Rodolfo A. Anaya's novel, The Legend of La Llorona, Joe Hay's children's book, La Llorona, The Weeping Woman, and Anaya's children's book, La Llorona, The Crying Woman. Here's a version of this type, which comes from a friend of AFC. A long, long time ago, there lived a woman named Maria. She was the most beautiful woman in all of Mexico. Muy hermosa. And she herself knew it, too. Day after day, male suitors begged her for her hand. In romance, but day after day, men returned home defeated, con el corazon roto, broken-hearted. Mm. This was the livelihood of Maria until a dashing young gentleman galloped into town and turned Maria's life upside down. ASA volvio loca, drove her drove her crazy. She knew in an instant that she had to have him, and he was the only man to match her in beauty and in elegance. Soon they were to be wed, and not long after had two delightful chick. Chiquititos, little girls. This delightful, however, or this delight, however, was short-lived. For one damning day, the the dashing gentleman became grotesque as he rode into town with another woman at his side. He rode up to Maria and pledged his life to this new woman whom he barely met because his current wife was no longer beautiful. Maria's heart burst into tiny shards of glass, invisible to the eye but painful for those handling it. That night, in a fit of sorrow and anger, Maria decided to inflict the same agony toward the man that bestowed it upon her. Maria woke her two boys up, took their hands, and guided them to the river, quote-unquote, for a bath. Hand in hand, the three figures immersed themselves in the water, but under their mother's hand, the little niños never came up for air. After the blood-red glare of fury faded from sight, Maria realized what she had done. She shrieked from the gallows of her soul, Miss niños, before letting the river, river water fill up her lungs, it is said now this weeping woman, or La Llorona, has returned from the hereafter, searching for new children to claim as her own for all eternity. This is the version remembered by AFC's recent intern, uh, Camille Acosta. Camille heard about La Llorona from several family members while growing up. And this is the story that stuck with her the most. When she was earning her master's degree in folklore at Western Kentucky University, Camille decided to do research on La Llorona and collected stories from her family and others. She presented them with fascinating interview material and her own perceptive interpretations in her master's thesis, which they also included in the article. As an Anglophone man of non-Hispanic and non-Indigenous descent, Rather than interpreting La Llorona, I will give the last word to Camille. But first I'll point out, this week marks the end of the National Hispanic Heritage Month, but not the end of what we might loosely call um, Halloween and Día de los Muertos season. So he's happy to announce that they'll be publishing a short series of blogs on La Llorona stories and songs between now and Día de los Muertos, culminating in an episode of the Folk Life. Uh, today podcast in which they'll interview Camila Acosta, AFC reference specialist Ayina Migoni, and the fantastic folklorist and musician Juan Diaz. I'll use these blogs to point to well-known and lesser-known versions of the story, as well as the works of other scholars who have treated the legend in their work. So who is La Llorona? For Camille, she is the first concept of fear, many of us Mexican-Americans have ever experienced. She is our anxiety's origin story. Camille Oslo observes, no two indiv- individuals view La Llorona in the same way. For example, the children I interviewed mostly saw La Llorona as a ghostly apparition more than willing to instill fear in young ones who misbehave. For the young adults, including herself, there was description of La Llorona not just as a ghost, but as a monster, making us feel isolated from normalcy. For her parents, however, La Llorona wavered from being a mother with the world on her shoulders to a key for escaping the harsh realities of life through ostention. Every single informant viewed La Llorona as a unique and personalized character in their own minds. And she makes the important point. La Llorona is not only a reflection of our innermost fears, but she is the living, breathing proof that we can overcome them as well. Her narrative, passed down for centuries, is a reminder that our voices are being listened to and acknowledged. La Llorona is understood more and more each and every day, and in a way, so are we. So, that's a similar version Hmm. of the story as I know it. And... That's pretty much like the variation of the theme. It's something along the lines of, she's very beautiful, she had children, the gentleman leaves her or abandons her, and in her despair, she kills her children, and then she has a moment of clarity, realizes what she's done, and then becomes the weeping, wailing woman.
0: That's a uh that's a lot of the stories uh I seem to
1: stumble across
0: stumble across myself. Um yeah, it was kinda interesting in that regard. Yeah. It yeah, seems it like that classic story of uh again, kids just like trying to rein kids in. It's funny how Yeah. A a lot of these, you know, like boogeyman type stories and Yeah. All that other stuff. In the La
1: Llorona movie, the children could see her. The children would see her as the woman in white. And once they saw her, they would get marked by her. Mm -hmm. And that's when she would continually appear to them. At first, it's very random. And then it becomes much more common, much much more prevalent until at one point she actually makes contact and she burns like her hand print into the kids or, you know, she touches them. And when she touches them, she leaves a uh, a burn mark, an impression. And once that happens, you've become marked for La Llorona. Mm. Like yeah. you become her next quote unquote child and there's and there's like there's nothing you can do about it,
0: yeah uh, it's it's messed up,
1: yeah, yeah, though I will say in the movie they had a uh he was a former priest and he was kind of like a witch doctor oh it was great, yeah, yeah, so. He came to the house and he like warded the house because the the daughter in the in the movie has the handprint. Like she's been marked by La Llorona, and she's losing her mind because she's seeing La Llorona everywhere, mm-hmm. hearing her, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And this guy like goes to war with La Llorona. And the way he finally actually gets her is he blesses the pool and the swimming pool becomes all like holy water Mm. and it's the holy water that gets rid of her vengeful spirit
0: yeah because i mean this really does kind of cross over to demonology it does
1: it very much does yes like
0: the handprint thing Mm -hmm. that's that's a weird deal yeah have you ever woken up with like a handprint on you and it's have, not your hand?
1: I have woken up with uh, scratches. Okay. Like claw marks.
0: I've woken up twice with a handprint on me. Mm-hmm. Recently. I say recently the last like f- five months, six months. Never told you.
1: No, you didn't. No,
0: because it freaked me out. Yeah. Because one was a handprint that was bigger than my hand.
1: hmm
0: And then one was a small handprint and it wasn't like your hand and theoretically like there was no way you could have given it to me because right. when I woke up you were around the corner like you were rolled over on your side of the yeah. bed facing your way and I was doing the same thing mm-hmm. in the opposite direction yeah And it was in the middle of the night I felt really hot yeah and I went to go to the bathroom and I turned the light on because I was going to like wash my face yep. and I saw it like on my chest. Okay. The left part of my
1: chest. Did you happen to check what time it was?
0: No, I don't get into the whole time thing. Cause here's the thing with the time I was talking or I was listening to some sort of podcast or whatever. And they were talking about sleep. Cause this is when yeah. I started really yep. getting heavily invested with sleep. Cause it was a problem for me. And there's a reason why people wake up at three.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a scientific reason. Okay. What it is is when you go to sleep, your temperature goes down. Yep. Everything goes down. Yep. And then actually your temperature going up is the whole reason you wake up. Right. You wouldn't wake up if that happened. Didn't so happen. It's yeah. all part of this uh cycle, yeah. sleep cycle that you have. So that starts early Mm -hmm. it kind of ramps up but if you have a dream or you know say you're just like me a warm person Mm -hmm. you're just gonna wake up early excuse me you know but it is kind of weird because there was times i did wake up all the time and it it was at like three o'clock and that was kind of a legitimate explanation like i could work my way around that it's like yeah no because when i wake up i'm hot yeah you know yeah um but yeah, the handprint thing, yeah, I put the, I saw the first one and it was just like the, the middle of my hand, like, like that much, like say you were to put yep. a line on the palm mm-hmm. and that part up, cause I know they can't see it, but yeah, yeah just imagine putting a line across your palm with yeah, so wise, you're
1: taking the bottom part. The bottom
0: half of your palm out. Out, yeah. And it was that, and it was bigger than my hand. Yep. Like bigger fingers, because yeah. I have skinny fingers. Mm-hmm. These were like thick fingers. And then the other one was a small deal, like real small. And yeah, it was weird. And I don't remember anything, a dreaming anything or anything like that. Okay. Like I just woke up so and so saw. here's
1: what we're going to do. You're going to go to bed with your clothes on inside out. Yeah. When you get up in the morning, if they're turned right side in, that's supposed to be a key indicator that you were abducted by aliens.
0: Your shirt's inside out?
1: You put then, you go to bed inside out. Oh, because
0: they put it on correctly?
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Somebody, somebody... this is where i believe where'd you hear that first off
1: i have heard this from several different uh paranormal podcasts that i've listened to
0: because that's where this is why i believe in alien abductions is stuff like that yeah because like not only wasn't it happening to somebody but now they're trying to figure out like tripwire proof yeah that like yeah. Stuff's going on. Yeah. Yeah. They
1: say if you go to bed with your clothing on inside out, mm-hmm. it's either the act of, because in many of the abduction stories, you have to disrobe yourself. And in doing so, you flip your clothes no, right side it. out I and then it. you put them on. And you're right. And that's supposed to be an indicator that you were abducted by aliens. And I mean, you got the handprint. So. Yeah. You know, they may be figuring out, "Hey, Frank's not Frank anymore."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, with your vasectomy, they might be like, oh, the, "Shit,
0: the vasectomy that didn't work." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm still marketable.
1: To yeah, them. maybe. Yeah. yeah.
0: I don't know. I I think more of it.
1: So that's going to be our first. But here's experiment. the thing:
0: I've been bringing up the whole prayer ritual mm-hmm. more and more each night, and all that the regimen. Mm-hmm. I like to say the regimen, but I just do it all day now, all day, all night. Yeah. I don't stop. Yeah, and that stuff stopped. It's amazing yeah. how much of it is stopped. Yeah, you know.
1: Here, well, and here's the other thing: you and I have both had our discussions about this and how you went from, oh yeah, team bad guys, like they were, they were confident. Yeah. You were, you I were among the shoo- ranks.
0: I was just shooing. Yeah. So for upper management. They didn't worry yeah.
1: about you. They're like, we got that one. We got
0: him for upper management. Yeah. Yeah. And A lifer. you
1: turn to the other side mm-hmm. and they're like, fuck.
0: I'll be honest with you because I lie to you constantly. Okay. Um, <laughs> the When you started seeing the shadow men. Yes. That's when I started putting all that together. Yes. Like I didn't mention it and I didn't want to mention it at yeah. that time. I'm like, all right, yep. let's take care of it. Yep. Let's get some Benedict metals in yep. here. We'll do Which this. We we'll do that. Yep. And, and it went away. Yep. And, and I started getting into the rosary mm-hmm. a bit there. Yeah. Didn't really turn it on until a while longer, you know, right. cause that was what, that was demonology episode, right? Yeah. We were doing that. It's yeah. We were over a year reading real crazy stuff. And yeah, and um, I, I'm a firm believer that, yeah, you, you give that stuff an invite in and, or even just remotely, if they're interested, you don't even really have to invite them. You could yeah. just be in it. You could be interested in it and it'll start coming around you, mm-hmm. you know, and especially if you don't, if you think it's a bunch of hocus pocus and mumbo jumbo.
1: I think it's more yeah. their curiosity, like by reading the material, they're like, maybe we got, oh yeah we got an in. And they just get curious about you.
0: Yeah. No, I, people don't realize how that works. You give it permission. That's where people sit there yes. and they're like, how can God let that happen? It's like- He doesn't. He doesn't. You do. You do. Yeah. It's all up to you. Yeah. It really, truly is. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, uh, and and once so, you start seeing it black and white, but when that was happening, I started doing the math and I was like, you know what? I'm like, those fuckers know what they're doing. Yeah. Because if something happened to you, I don't know what I'd do. Yeah. I don't know the lengths I'd go to compromise myself to make you okay. And that's when I realized how serious that is. Yeah. That really changed my tune. That's when my faith went up to, like, level 8 million. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I'm going to – I'm I'm not yielding, you know. Yeah. And, and that's where I was in a weird situation because I – talk to you about it later, but my whole method on that was like, you've got to level up too. Yeah. You know, cause yep. it's not, you know, you're going to be this possible innocent bystander, you know, well, for the I- new ones that are checking the show out five years ago, I was borderline atheist, agnostic, you know, yeah. agnostic. I didn't, I didn't believe in this stuff for 20 years. Yeah. You know, I grew up, went to church, was in a kind of, we went every Sunday, did all that. And mm-hmm. then in my early teens, I walked away yep. and I never turned back. But at the same token, when shit got real and yeah. I got in a tough spot, I'd always throw in our father or Lord's prayer, How yeah. you know, it depends on what denomination you are. And I'd always, I'd always get there. Yeah. And then I look back and I look back at some of the stuff I got away with and some of the stuff I crawled away from. And I realized, you know, I just yeah. started doing the math, you know, and it's just like, yeah, Okay. I just let it in that brief moment, and it was right there, and and it just changed everything for me. I'm not saying you got to change how you do what you do, you yeah. know, to the listening audience, yeah. but but it's worth looking into, boy. You yeah. know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't sneer it as much as possible, and but I know also the way I used to think about it and thinking it was hocus pocus and and all that, but then that point when we were doing those episodes and you were telling me not only. You were seeing them in the yard across the street. Yeah, I was literally
1: seeing them everywhere. And I I know you wouldn't lie to me about I was seeing them in the house. I was literally seeing them walking, like, around people's yards. No,
0: I know, and you work from home, and, like, I couldn't even imagine, like, how terrifying that would be.
1: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't great. (laughs)
0: The amount you kept your cool, I'm like, fucking A, girl. I'm
1: glad (laughs) you're on my team. All right. So I have woken up with... Scratches. Yeah. However, when I was with my ex, and this was when I was living in the house with all the poltergeist activity, Mm -hmm. this event, I believe, was the beginning of the poltergeist activity ramping up Mm. and becoming pretty frequent. I was upstairs, I was in bed, I was asleep. And I was dreaming. I was dreaming I was being chased by wolves. And I was running, which I know you don't do that with a prey animal. But I was. Yeah. Predator prey animal. And I, I was running. And the wolf, like the alpha wolf, did get a hold of me. And it bit me. And it bit me in my upper... Left thigh. Mm -hmm. And I literally woke up out of of a sound sleep, and I looked down, and I did have a bite mark on my left upper thigh. Yeah. Like, it matched everything. It matched the dream, same spot, same location, all of it. And then that's when the scratches... What happened, that's when he actually became much more geared up, amped up, and it it got, I'd I'd downright say the atmosphere was hostile. Mm -hmm. And in that hostility, man, things flew off the walls.
0: Yes. Hubbard
1: doors flew open. That's crazy. Chairs flew away from the table. Yeah. It was, it was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot.
0: No, and, and like the first hand print thing, but then I started thinking about it and like there was other ones that I've had Mm -hmm. in the past, Mm -hmm. but I never like threw my hand up on it. I was just like, ah, it's just my hand. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, like that's when I realized like the evil spirits of the world, Mm -hmm. which they exist. Yes. I, you know, you can say what you want, but they exist and that's the game. Denial is the biggest thing the devil wants you to have is yes. to think that he doesn't exist. Exactly. That's where the devil really, really wins.
1: Yes, it you know, is.
0: And and you've got to think about that from a zero sum game. Yeah. You know, if you don't think that exists, yeah, evil's won, dude. Yeah. That's the evils done that. And I looked back and I was sitting there because I just put my hand up into it. Yeah. And realized that that was bigger than my hand. Wasn't you. And if it's bigger than my hand, it's way bigger than your freaking hand. Yeah. There's no one else in the house. No. You know, and the first one that I talked about, it was a dream and Mm -hmm. it wasn't really like a person or a thing or whatever, but I felt like the burning on my body. Right. And again, that's what woke me up and I was like hot and then like. You know, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, that's a screwed up dream. I turn on the light in the bathroom and I look in the mirror and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You know, and, and I just, oh yeah. I remember I just started praying immediately and, uh, and I started rolling tape on some of the stuff and, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a weird situation. And, you know, I can see where the energy would heighten up on things Mm -hmm. and energy would bring in. Mm -hmm. This type of atmosphere. Uh yeah, I I just wish people would be more honest about it. I, At the end of the day, yeah, like, and I, I think it's coming around. I, I agree. Mean, like,
1: the um, internet
0: I think is is giving people honest outlets like right here. Right. We're yeah. talking about it. You yeah. know, but you know, it just um yeah, I
1: If I'm being honest, when I turned away from the church, I was in my Mid-20s, mid to late-20s, somewhere between 25 and 28. And I I was very angry at God, so yeah. I just shut it all off.
0: It's easy to happen. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I turned away from it. And that's when I got very into um, Wicca. Well, yeah. Wicca you're gonna and witchcraft. Seek, you're
0: gonna seek an alternative yep. for it.
1: I, I, because I, I, I was lacking something. Mm-hmm. And I did have throughout my whole life, I have had these moments where I would have almost a um almost a premonition. Like I would have dreams and they would be really small little snippets. Mm. Just a just a a moment or two, like a snapshot. Yep, and then um, and then I would see it happen in front of me, and I would get the deja vu. Yeah, you know the the hair standing up, the the goosebumps, and I would get that prior to like the scene playing out. Like mm-hmm. that was my precursor, and then I would turn or whatever, and then that scene would play out before me. So that's kind of why I. I leaned so heavily into the Wicca because I was like, I I feel as though, and it it was supposed to be something that my great grandmother she had they called it the gift yeah. or the sight,
0: yeah.
1: And then I started to see the spirits. You know, I started to see the full-body apparitions. I started to hear them. It wasn't consistent. It wasn't, you know, daily. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like I see dead people. Yeah, yeah. But I did see dead people. And then I started to have the the dreams with the malevolent spirits. I called them the demon dreams. Mm-hmm. And I always knew when I was in one of those because, like, it if you woke up and you pulled yourself out of it and you caught your, your breath and you would go back to sleep, I'd be immediately right back in it, right where I left off. Mm-hmm. And it would do that three times or so before I would actually be out of it yeah. enough to yeah. where I wasn't stuck in the dream. And then when we started working on the podcast and I started to read up on this stuff and we were going to church by that point, that's when I realized, okay, it's not enough to just go to church. It's not enough to just bank on all of that residual holiness that I had had Yeah my childhood up through when I left the church. And that's when I was like, okay, I need to, I need to do something more. And then when I had the sleep paralysis Mm -hmm. and the feeling of the demon or something on top of me, and it definitely wasn't a benign or benevolent spirit, Mm -hmm. it was definitely malevolent. And I couldn't even say a single prayer That's when I realized, okay, I have to do much more work than I've been doing. And since I've gotten my prayer books, and I have a series of prayers that I now say every day, that very first day with that very first book, when I opened up that book and I just started... I started reading the prayers and Mm -hmm. saying the prayers page by page. The, the weight that lifted, it was noticeable. I had, I had a very profound moment, you know, here I am working, (laughs) 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 you know, I just took that, that moment, took that breather And I just realized that with each prayer and I was also listening to the Saint Stories for Kids podcast, which Mm -hmm. I highly recommend, by the way, if you want to hear some pretty fantastical stories, and these are true stories of true things that happened with these people, I highly recommend it because aside from the fact that they are pretty fascinating They are true stories. These are actual events that happen. And and one of the stories is these fighter planes in World War II. Yeah. Seeing an apparition, a full body apparition in the sky and their planes physically turning around like they weren't able to move forward. And if they tried to drop their bombs, their bombs wouldn't release from their planes. And turns out it was Padre Pio. Yeah it was amazing can't recommend it enough but between those two things i that's when i had my profound moment and i was just sitting there in my office the weight lifted tears in my eyes and yeah. i was i finally felt like i i was i was armed yeah and ready
0: yeah yeah
1: because i do feel i do feel that we do have to be armed. We do have to be ready. They are fully aware of us.
0: Oh yeah, no, and- and that's you know. I mean, I'll always give uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren a little bit of crap. You know, yeah. I mean, like
1: I'll give them all the uh, shit in the no, world. No, I'll give them but- some stuff.
0: But but Lorraine Warren said something, and I'm paraphrasing. I can't quote it exactly. I don't have it in front of me. But she was re- she was referring to the old. The demon spirits out through there. And she said they are as old as the ages Mm -hmm. and they're as wise, you know. Yeah. Like they've
1: they've learned and they've adapted through time.
0: They know more than many do. You know, uh, that podcast you were talking about, that's called Saint Stories for Kids. Yes. Okay. Um, And it's from Shining Light Dolls. Can you do me a
1: favor since you have a pulled up. Yeah, Can we make sure we send that to father?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm leaving it up. But
1: I I, I had I, a
0: similar moment where I woke up in the middle of the night, and this is a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And now to kind of preface it, I've been doing the rosary for the last four months, something mm-hmm. like that. Daily. Every single day. Yes. Uh, you know, for the last four months. And, like, through the app that I have and everything through with it, like, it's kept track of it. I've been doing it I think it's actually more than four months because we're end of we're end of April yeah. at this point. So actually growth
1: gonna be May. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I started uh I started November. So that's yep. six months, almost yep. half a year. Uh so I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm clear. My mind is clear, mm-hmm. but I felt something terrible after me. Mm-hmm something I couldn't see, something mm-hmm. I couldn't get through. And I could not say an Our Father for the freaking life of me.
1: Same. I could I, not I was finish like, it. All right, I, I'd get lost
0: yep. like halfway yep. through or I'd get lost yep. like right in the bit, And it's like, I've said this prayer a million times. So then I'm thinking, all right, I'll just say a Hail Mary. Same. Because I say. Yeah. I, I, I say I,
1: that a million times a day.
0: I say 50 yeah. of them a day. Yeah. You know, and couldn't. I'd get to the first half and then I drop off or I just never get to it. And I remember sitting there and I got to a point where like I'm up in my bed, like I'm not laying down anymore. I'm sitting up and I'm praying and I I can't get it done, you know? And that's when I I was like, holy shit, this is fucking real.
1: Yeah. You know, this is really
0: happening. And then the the moment I said it the moment I said it, I I remember saying this exactly in the name of Jesus Christ, leave me. Mm -hmm. And, and then I was able to say it. Yeah. After saying that. Yep. And I'm sitting there like, did I just fucking perform an exorcism on myself? Like I'm sitting there, you know, and, and I, I'm, I was up for like an hour. I just grabbed my phone. I was reading scripture. I was reading all of it. And that for me, above everything that's happened to mm-hmm. me, which someday I think we may do an episode of what the hell has happened to me in the last couple of years.
1: <laughs> I think we should. Because the
0: more people I meet, they're like, holy shit. Yeah. And I've been pretty quiet about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I'm my yeah. life and in yeah. here, but there's people like, holy shit, like a lot of shit's yeah. happened to you. Yeah. And, uh, and it started in a freaking warehouse, Yeah. you know, and it's-
1: it's been a lot, and
0: I've had two major points where I, I've been literally touched by by Christ Himself or God Himself. Yes. I mean, like I, and again, There's I think definitely this divine is another, providence at hand. Another yes. episode, but but even all of that, I was just like, okay, I get it, I get it, and I'm moving on and on. But it was all good, and and that's where like I get it. Like when that happens, you, it's not even questionable. Like I remember kind of like the I'm, I'm I'm sitting there like I say it that day. It's like there was a day I went in Frank went into work.
1: Yes, there was the Frank that went into work. There's a Frank and then that there's left the Frank that left.
0: And Christ is in the middle. Yeah. Christ was in the middle there. It yeah. just Christ happened. I and- just
1: remember you it was it was interesting though, because there were these subtleties. I could subtly see oh, yeah. the tide turning before that day. Yeah. And then I just remember you coming to me after yeah. you had your your moment and you just you were like beside yourself and you explained everything that happened and it was almost as though you were reliving it as you were telling me.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And I just knew I just I, I knew from the look on your face, I knew from what you were telling me and in the reliving of it because I could tell it was still very fresh in your in your mind I knew I felt then I was like oh this is much bigger than anything I've ever
0: yeah I mean it's I've ever seen it's incredible you know and and I mean it's amazing but then like there's nights like that where I look and it's like, holy cow. Like, see, I'm the getting, difference
1: between you and me
0: is that you have boobies and I don't.
1: <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> is that when you can feel the presence, mm. I can see it. And sometimes I can see and feel it. Really? Yeah. Wow yeah, so like when I say I had my sleep paralysis moment, mm-hmm. I felt something on top of me. Yeah. I saw I saw the darkness mm-hmm. and while I couldn't see features, I knew what it was and it knew that I knew. And that's when I just I just started praying and once i got a glory be out cuz i couldn't do the our, Fa- our father mm-hmm. couldn't do the hail mary but the glory be i'm like it's not that many words <laughs> i can do this <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i can do this yeah and i got the glory be out and then i and then i tried another prayer And that one didn't work. I went back to the glory bee. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to get through all of the prayers. But I felt it. I saw it. And I just kept hoping in the back of my mind that it was you, even though you'd never done anything like that. You know, like, I I was just like, oh, maybe he just rolled over on top of me. It's
0: amazing, like, the rational stuff you're going to put in that's totally irrational.
1: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. you like...
0: We've, We've been together
1: 15 years. Yeah. You've done that a total of zero times. I
0: mean, I mean like, awake, <laughs> awake we, I do steamrollers. You rollers. do steamrollers. Uh, yeah, but yeah. that
1: that was not what this was. Yeah, yeah. This was, it was holding me down. Yeah, yeah. And I knew, I knew what it wanted. I knew it wanted in. Yeah. And I was not, not no, doing it.
0: And, no, but that's when I really, like... I can't say that's when I crossed the bridge. I mean, I crossed the bridge a while back, yeah. but like,
1: that's when and it, I, like,
0: yeah. Okay.
1: That's when I no, and that makes had sense. to cross the bridge. No,
0: that's, that, that makes sense. But yeah, that, that moment. And, and then I just said, you know, in the name of Christ, mm-hmm. I compel you, you know, mm-hmm. I order you to leave. And then all of a sudden our I father, our father rolled off my tongue. Like it did. Yeah firing through a rosary or before a meal or just through the day of it, it just rolled through. And I see what we do
1: for you guys, folks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's see, to me, that's a separate journey in its own, right? You know, it
1: is a separate journey. You
0: know, this definitely, um, shown a light on things that I really kind of didn't take seriously at all. Or I will say
1: immediately after demons and demonology, I went from, I, I started, just literally see evil mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. I mean, even in the mundane things. Yeah. And that's when I realized, oh shit, that's, this is nothing new. This has been here all along. Yeah. I just chose not to see it.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, that's the bit of it. And, uh, you know, cause I, I I'm trying to figure out like the best ways to explain it to people. Mm-hmm. Um, And, and it is like, like once that veil is like lifted up, like it's hard to unsee it, you know? So there was that day at work where the veil lifted off, you know? And like, I got to see.
1: No, I don't want you to think it's all doom and gloom folks. Like I do see, I do see the good. I do see the positive. Oh, it's all
0: around you. It is. it really is. It's it all is. around you just as much as the bad is. Yes. and that's the choice you have. That's yes. your free will. yes. your free will is to say, I'm, I'm going
1: to choose the light. I'm
0: yeah. taking in this awesome sky that I'm dr- see while I'm driving yeah. instead of the person in front of me in the car that is driving me nuts and wants to aggravate the hell out of me. yeah, i'm I'm letting that go. yeah. I'm not I'm not even paying attention to yeah. it or seeing it. I'm just gonna pay attention to that beautiful sky that is there this massive, amazing miracle in front of me. You now, know, if you, and- like
1: me, see or have seen shadow people and you just need somebody to bounce some shit off of, reach me at OTH, seriouslydecent.com. com. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I'm here for you.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, and then, you know, things start going in a line like that. Yeah. And then, and then a whole lot of things, Uh, you know, I, I think Scott was the first person that reached out to me with this person, but then a couple others, you know, a few others started pouring in, and that was Jerry Marzinski. Mm-hmm. And Jerry Marzinski was this guy that, you know, worked at prisons and yeah, mental health units. And-, and he was a uh, like a, a therapist there yeah. or orderly. I don't know exactly what he was doing. He was a psychotherapist to some d- degree, mm-hmm. um, but he was around all of these schizophrenics and like he was around more schizophrenics than other and if you're into the um whole idea of schizophrenia and everything jerry marzinski is worth looking into because he throws a whole different side on it you know and jerry marzinski basically assumes the position that the it's a spiritual issue yeah it's Um, a spiritual
1: battle within you yeah much less than a mental health
0: than a issue. mental health thing and yeah. uh and it's I'm telling you even if you're hearing it and you're just kind of shaking your head like oh here we go I'm like he's worth a freaking listen yeah I mean he's been around hundreds of them he said he's like I've been around more schizophrenics than most people because yeah. even doctors like yeah. a, you might have a handful of doctors on site and they're all seeing different schizophrenics mm-hmm. he's seeing all of them yeah and uh and basically he what what The big definitive thing he says is every schizophrenic, all of their thoughts, the voices in their head are all bad, negative thoughts. Yes. He's never came across, and he says never, never came across a schizophrenic that had a positive voice in their head. Right. It was all voices. And
1: didn't they all respond to...
0: Well, yeah, that's a different part of it. Yeah. But basically all of these negative thoughts were to tear the patient down yeah, and to, and to destroy the patient. Yep. And you know, you start looking at it from a spirituality perspective, mm-hmm. but then he well, started messing around and
1: schizophrenic killed people because the voice in his head said to told him
0: to. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's right there. And then, and then, uh, his, I've always said, if we were to have a guest, he, I, I think he would be the first be one.
1: Him. Yeah, I'd have
0: a zillion questions to ask him. Yeah. he's super fascinating mm-hmm. and he's got a lot of videos out there. They've been out there a long time. Um, and he's really easy to listen to. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, they're on YouTube, correct? Yeah.
0: You can find them all over YouTube. Jerry Marzinski, uh, M A R Z I N S K Y can't recommend can't recommend them enough. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's another perspective at looking at things and he's got a lot of good arguments that hold ground. Yeah. What has the pharmaceutical industry done to schizophrenics? Nothing, but made them worse. Yeah. You know, and he, and he brings up a good point that when they're on their meds, what they want to do, and if this is the thing with depression too, Mm -hmm. people that are depressed and people that are, and, uh, schizophrenia, They want to get off their meds. They don't like being on the meds, even though the meds are making them better. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. Depression is kind of a different thing because you're not hearing voices in your head. But what you're kind of conning yourself into is that you don't need this anymore. Right. You know, and, and you feel like you don't need it anymore. The schizophrenic's different because the voices are telling them that that drug is poison.
1: Yeah. And
0: that drug is poisoning them. Yeah. And you've got to sit there and really look at that. How could a voice that was just anything but, you know, everything negative. Yep. And then you take pills and pills are doing well and the voice is still in there. Yeah. Telling you to take, stop taking them because the doctors are trying to kill you. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's really an amazing dynamic in it. And you got to ask yourself, all of the things that medicine has done in schizophrenia, they haven't done shit no. for. Nothing. All of that stuff with mental health units yep. and wards, all the stuff they have in prisons, you yep. know, which people can say, oh, there's nothing in prison. Well, trust me. Go down to another fucking country and look at their prison and then come over here. Yeah. And tell me there's nothing in prison. But the... The whole bit of it, he was reading. This is what you were getting to. He was reading to them, mm-hmm. and then he noticed. You know, he would slip in and he would read proverbs yep. or psalms. Yeah, and mostly, you know, proverbs and psalms, and they would violently react to it. Yep, as much as storm out of the room. Yep. like and and run, and yeah, I mean, you got to start yeah. putting this shit it's, together. It's uh, it's compelling. It's really compelling. You know, and when you start looking at it from spiritual warfare like that yeah. and you start looking around and then you just start looking at the basic recipe of it, yeah. you know, that basic recipe is you let this in, yep. you gave it permission yeah. and I God mean, can't help you, you know, right. if you believe in God and, and, and you're in on all this, God can't help you until you get, don't give it permission to stay in you anymore. Right.
1: You have, you have to say no. You have to tell it. You're not welcome. You're not here.
0: welcome here. Yeah, and you know it's a it's a dangerous situation mm-hmm. there. And that, when you start looking at it as simple as it is, mm-hmm. and then you watch people destroy themselves. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, you know, you're pushing God away with one hand, and you're pulling this other thing in. Yeah, and it, it maybe it's instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just you know you're doing it out of, of spite, and your pride's in the way, and uh, and you can find yourself in a in a bad place. Mm-hmm. In a really bad place. I mean, I look at when I was working, I had a very successful career. Mm-hmm. I had the house. I had the girl. I had the cars. I had, I had everything. Yeah. And I look back, I had nothing. You know, I had absolutely nothing. I was so empty. Absolutely empty. And I don't have any of that now. I got the girls still, <laughs> you know, but, yeah, but it just, uh, I have a whole different. Yeah. It's, like,
1: it is compelling. It's- yeah. I I have to say I was always in the yeah okay you know faith yeah I was I I only had very small flashes in time where faith was like yeah. I truly felt it was yeah. a, a a big part of me and I'd have to say that is that is that is changing for me and in a big way.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I see it in a huge way with you. Yeah. Even just the way you carry yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't get anywhere near as frustrated or upset as you used to. No. You know, you just, uh, you've got a calm. I have
1: prayers for that now. <laughs> no,
0: but I'm just saying you got a <laughs> yeah. calm about you. That I do. I haven't seen.
1: Probably since we've been together. Since we've been together or
0: I'd see moments of it, mm-hmm. you know, like just little spots of it. Yeah. But this is like continual. Yeah. You know, like going from seeing it maybe five percent of the year to I see it 90, 90 percent of the day or 80 percent of the day. Yeah. And yeah. it's uh and it's amazing. And I think like we were talking, uh, you weren't, but some of the guests at the party were talking. It's it's an age thing. Yeah. You know, because I mean, like under 40 You've got all the hope and optimism of life. you got everything going. I know there's people in their 30s like, oh, I'm getting old. Dude, you have no idea what the fuck old is. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm going to be yeah. honest. You have no idea what it is. You if know. you
1: think it's bad now, yeah. it just gets worse. No, but,
0: but you have these points in your life, <laughs> yeah. you know, and like up to 40, you know, you're uh, you're growing up and obviously you're doing the shit in your 20s because you got the world by the ass then, yeah. you know, and nothing. You're invincible. You're yeah, unbreakable. You're, no, and, and, and yeah. that's, that's the rite of passage. That's yeah. life, but you know, 30s, you start getting in, but like, you're still around good things. There's weddings, there's yeah. births, there's childbirths, there's yeah. these things like we did. We yeah. went to a, a child's first birthday, you know, and it's just, you see the young children around, mm-hmm. you know, but then you start getting 40 into late forties and you start seeing the other end and you're like, yeah, there's less, less, less
1: weddings, of these things, you know, Less births, Friday,
0: we went to a funeral, funeral. Ser- yeah. service, you know, yep. and Even though it was great to see everybody, you know, it was tough while we were there, you know, and, Mm -hmm. you know, it was a family member as well. And it was tough because, you know, you see your family members in pain Mm -hmm. and, you know, you know, you can't do anything, you know, you can't say anything. And then you start taking a look around and you're like, man, this is, this is going to be, there's going to be more of this, yeah, you know, and you start looking at it. And then I know for me, I can speak personally, like I love everything about our existence, you and I together. But i look at it as we're not young. No. So like every moment, every day, I cherish it because you just don't know. You don't know. You know, and you hear the crazy stories. Somebody gets struck by a car or the brakes fail or whatever, you know, or just, or just blood clot. And somebody walks down the road and bang, they're gone, you know? And I just, so, You've got a whole different spin on thing and you see the fragility of it all. You see how delicate it really, truly is. is. And then what you start seeing is these, you know, you get older in your age and some of us get wiser. Some of us don't. Right. And you see that as well. It's like, there's people I look and I'm like, you're the same fucking person I knew in high school. You haven't fucking changed.
1: Dude, you've done zero evolution. <laughs> yeah, just
0: none. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I mean, and if you're a great person and you know, great attitude, that's great. Right. You kept all that stuff. But I see bitter people yeah, and like most aren't. whiny yeah. victim, you know, victimhood claiming people, and it's like, you had thirty years to figure this all out. Yeah. You know, I mean you had thirty whole years to go through here. Yeah. And it's like, and if you haven't done it, Now's your chance. Like admit right, yeah. it. Like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on this for once. Yes. You know. And uh and yeah, you don't see any of that. Then you see others that just develop in a way that's amazing, mm-hmm. you know, and they're they're a little bit like they used to be, but they're this bigger picture of things. Right, yeah. And, you know, I mean there's some, you know, that I look at and like they're fathers and they're great fathers. Yeah. You know, and they were hooligans, you know, younger. Yeah. And it's like oh man, you're an amazing father. You've got this just amazing relationship with your wife and you got this amazing relationship with your kids. I remember when you
1: used to you do dance off dance off. Yeah. I remember when you
0: used to drink pee, you know, yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, and, and it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing in that regard. But then, but then you watch people in real time. And this is where I really see it, where I watch people in real time fall apart. Yeah. And, and you have the wisdom in that and you get to see it all. And then you look and that's where I see evil.
1: Yeah. That's
0: where I see it. And I remember when I was working part time at the grocery store mm-hmm. and I'd sit there and I'd watch evil work the freaking space. Yeah. I'd watch it hit one person and then just like, Spread. boom, 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 yep. boom, boom. And I'd look and I'd be like, holy crap. Yeah. And then there was a coworker I had there that got back into drugs and yep. all that. And he trained me. Yep. He was a nice guy, yep. super nice guy. And he was saying, you know, yeah, I got to stay away from that stuff. It'll destroy me, blah, 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 blah. And then I saw it just start happening. And I'm looking, I'm like, wow. And you could hear the evil laugh and the evil, like there's something evil going on in there. It's not just somebody on drugs. Mm -hmm. You know, I've seen a lot of people on drugs. This is different. Yeah. This is a whole different deal. And that's scary. It is. That's the real scary stuff. Fuck the movies. Fuck all that, you know. So yeah. Bit of a tangent, but I think a good tangent. Kinda you know? it
1: kinda fits with La Llorona, yeah. Llorona too. No, it does. Yeah. Because I
0: think, you know, if you're seeing something like that and you really, you know, if you're from Latin America and you did see that,
1: yeah, what's
0: to say that's not a demon? That's what, you know, we're getting or at.
1: Or Tell just, us your story. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Don't sit on it. Yeah, don't sit Share on it. it.
0: Share it, you know. So uh reach us out at O-T-H at at, uh,
1: seriouslydecent.com.
0: Yeah, yeah. So for now, next week. We got a BOGO. We do have a BOGO.
1: You're going to tackle Missing 411. Yes. And these are the people who go out hiking and then just fucking disappear. Disappear. (laughs) I'm going to do weird things animals do.
0: I know. I'm so excited for this.
1: I am so excited for this It's a great combo because
0: we've been doing research on it already yeah and man we got some crazy stuff to talk about
1: i got man crazy crazy animals did some weird shit
0: i know you've been telling me stuff in passing and i'm like just stop i don't want to (laughs) know anymore i want to wait you know because i love doing the reveal all at once yeah yeah and and i'm finding incredible stuff with this too i mean it's just like yeah oh i can't
1: wait to (sighs) Here's the thing. I have a sneaking suspicion we're going to have so much for each topic that I don't know if it will actually be a BOGO. Like, we might... Well, no, we'll
0: figure that out. We might have
1: to break it out into two separate things because there's a ton out there, but we'll see. We'll figure
0: that out. And then uh, quick news that's uh, coming out. Uh, There's this uh, Kenyan... uh, I emailed it to you or texted you a while back, this Kenyan pastor. Uh, There's this starvation cult. And the death toll is, like, going crazy. It's over 100 people. Um, and it's uh, this, like, mega church pastor in Kenya. Yeah. Uh, and it's a starvation cult, kind of similar to The Way Down. Yep. But different. Yep. You know, not vanity yeah. and looks. This is a whole different deal already. But, yeah, they're, uh, I've been keeping track on this. And uh, they did another raid. um of a second starvation cult Jeez. and um, they rescued 31 locked up worse worshipers. So they were actually yeah. able to get to people before uh, they did. And uh, yeah, followers, uh, children as young as two years old. Uh, and this is in uh, Kenya yep. as well. Um,
1: Evil's out there folks.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. They, uh, the group was found weak and hungry after starving themselves for almost a week. Uh, so, I think we'll probably fast-track this one up to stay current with the news, but we're the news is still coming in, and, uh, you know, I'm looking more and more at it. Uh, it's not really a show yet. Okay. You know, because I, I yep. kind of want to see. Let me know. I want to see where it heads. But more than 200 bodies have been unearthed in Southeast Kenya uh, with this stuff. So that's what I'm saying. The numbers are still coming in. Yeah. Uh, so we're
1: probably going to have to wait a little bit but, on that. Yeah. So we have... Uh, uh, just whole, a total number and stuff like that. Because yeah. right
0: now it's, I hate to say it, it's hundreds. Yeah, Ugh. And man, this is what we are talking about before, man. It's like, you know, these yep. cults never freaking stop. It's, well,
1: it's I'll unreal. have you know, I've been saying a very special prayer for the people who are in the throes of cult.
0: Oh yeah. These people need a lot of prayer, boy. They yeah. really do. Because, yeah. you know, but it's just amazing what people will do
1: And tolerate.
0: Well, no, just what people will do when there's a void spiritually in them. Mm -hmm. And this is where, this is my new conversation with the atheists now that I'm interacting with. Mm -hmm. It's like, all right, you're going to say no. Then what are you going to replace this with? Because people need the spiritual void. they they got to fill the spiritual void. void.
1: It's got to be filled with something. you got
0: to fill it with something, you know. And everybody's got a great idea, but obviously this ain't working.
1: No. (laughs) I don't think it's a great idea. Yeah. So I also don't think it's a good choice.
0: No, it's not. And we'll get into that a little bit. We will. Rule number one.
1: No Ouija boards.
0: Yeah. Number two. No
1: dolls. Three. No capes. Four. No blood rituals.
0: Rule number five.
1: No cults, satanic or otherwise. True death. Eat the freaking food. Yes. Six. No apathy. You need to act to help enact a positive change in this world. Small yeah. things. Put your shopping cart away. Yeah. You know? Yeah pay for the coffee of the car behind you or yeah. whatever
0: or just say hello to somebody
1: yeah yeah i don't know maybe be nice
0: hello and smile show the pearlies
1: oh hey hi yeah
0: and if you got one pearly that's fine yeah. that's enough you it's know. still a pearly it's still a pearly yeah brush
1: it yeah
0: last it and not shine least. it
1: all up uh no it's not oh no it's we not got two. next one don't engage with the black-eyed children correct black-eyed people yeah black-eyed animals yeah I mean, just essentially. Thick, black eyes. black
0: eyes, yeah. No.
1: Black eyes, Bye bye
0: Yeah. And last but not least.
1: Just listen. Yeah, it's a good- Like, really listen. It's a good Don't life skill. Don't just hear. Yeah. Listen. It's a real good life skill. And absorb. Yeah. <laughs> Take it all in.
0: Yes. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in and yes. listening to us on this uh, just widespread ep- episode here of
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Everything and then some. No, I,
0: I like these kind of organic yeah. talks because we didn't plan any of that. No. Uh, so, yes, uh, please uh, share us with everyone you know. Yeah. Uh, rate and review, as Jen mentioned in the beginning. Yeah. You know, especially if you're listening on Spotify or yeah. Apple.
1: You're listening uh, in your in your app.
0: Yep. But It's word, right there. Word of mouth is great. You <laughs> yes. know, if you can share, if you're on Facebook and you're in the group. Please uh, share the uh, the post of the episode on your thread. Yep. Unless you're kind of a closet horror person, then we get that. We understand. Yeah, fair that. enough. You know, do what you got to do. Yep. Uh, we uh, definitely know it's working well because on the top one hundred horror podcasts, we are in another tier. So, yeah. uh, you know, thank you so much. Yep. We're um, we're just amazed that our little podcast that could in Central New York. Yes. Um, is with us.
1: Is Two nobodies gaining Literally traction, Literally Nobodies, yeah,
0: yeah. So, we're very excited about it, and uh, we look forward to uh, just continuing on. Yeah, if we don't have any end in sight, no. so if you uh, think turns we're gonna... out,
1: there's no uh, lack of uh, yeah, topics. We just or... got another cult to talk <laughs> yeah, about, seriously. So
0: add that onto the scrap heap. So, with that being said, have an amazing day, a lovely week,
1: and make good choices.
0: Take care.